It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Keeping an objective eye on the NFC East. Well, and also making fun of the Cowboys. Well, thank you very much. It's The Beast, a Radio.com podcast about the enemies of the East. All right, welcome into The Beast. I am Vince Quinn, coming off the bye week. And holy crap, what a great bye week it was, John. It was an amazing bye week. The Falcons are, are juggernauts now, and... Boy, oh boy, if you thought I was, I mean, I'm trying to contain laughter, well, from what Vince just told me, by the way, so you definitely (laughs) want to listen to the Easter egg. Yeah. But also, that the the Dallas Cowboys, my God, first return, Amari Cooper was the best player probably out there last night, and it didn't matter at all, so thank you, Dallas, and uh, that's going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah, it is going to be a top 10 pick, it looks like. They, they made a massive mistake on that. And even you could even say, oh, well, Amari Cooper was a four. But let's be real. At this point, he's he's a guy that needs the right situation. Dallas, probably not it. Um, really, it's just it, it's a very tough environment there. They need a lot of help. He needs a lot of coaching. And they're probably going to change staffs after this year. Like, Yeah, from what we're just, you know, Jason Garrett was just on 105.3 The Fan, and it didn't sound good. Didn't sound like he was too secure, even though he's trying to dodge all those different questions. So, yeah, I mean, it was honestly, I, I hope that they just go, we're still going to correct the ship. I think Scott Linehan probably gets canned before Jason Pretty Garrett. soon. And he should. I mean, it's t- that offense is awful. And last night you had five different offensive linemen doing five different things. This is after a bye week. This is after they fired the offensive line coach. God bless him, man. Thank you. Thank you for that awful Monday night football game. Yeah, I mean, that was a really bad game. And and there were points where Dallas has been okay offensively. They've done enough where I'm like, all right, they're not total dog shit. Like, they're, they're fine, and the defense is good. But, man, that game was such a disappointment. And when you come out, and it is Monday night, you got Tennessee, which is a, a wavering team. They had those turnovers early. It was just so many opportunities to go and bury that game. And then, like, everything was just, it was just bad. I mean, the passing 
passing game didn't work. Dak was off. The running game, they couldn't get anywhere. Like you said, the linemen were a disaster. You've already fired. I mean, if you look at where their coaching staff is this year compared to last year, they lost basically all of their assistants going into this year. And so now you've made another firing, and like you're going to change this whole coaching staff over again once this season's done, most likely. Like Dallas, man, um, really, really bad spot to be in for them. And my God, I mean, you had... You had Dak Prescott on the pregame show talking to Jason Witten and, and him asking the question, do you think you are, where, where are you as a football player than when you were in that run in 2016? And he goes, it might not show it, but I'm way, way better. And no, you're not, dude. You are so much worse. You are so much worse. And it could be, it could be the offense because, man, it's it's complete garbage. But Dak Prescott holding on to the ball for an eternity, running for a minus two yards, like to get to not even throw like everything that you could imagine, forcing the ball to Amari Cooper in the red zone after your defense has created the second turnover of the game in the first half. For you to go and click-clack this thing, the Dallas should have boat-raced the Tennessee Titans. And everything that they did offensively made them go five-step backwards. Uh, Cole Beasley's not even involved now because of Amari Cooper. I mean, it was... It was uh, it was amazing. At one point, Jason Witten had said, and here's Dak Prescott not even looking at his other three wide receivers, and you're going, of course he's not. Why would he? That was the whole problem in the first place. You look at Amari Cooper to go score a touchdown. They do, and I want everyone to go check the Dallas Cowboy fans' Twitter feeds from the first half because you would have thought they won the fucking Super Bowl on, wow, look at how much better this offensive line is playing. Look at Amari Cooper getting in there. Returns are erased. Absolutely erased, and since it is uh, the Dallas week, like we said on around the locker room, two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. If you want uh, to talk about anything that me and Vince are saying, or just yell at the Cowboys this week, we'll make sure to get you on in the next podcast. Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, do you know like what those? If you were to get those numbers two four five sixty sixty six, can you like spell anything out of that? Uh, we got to work on see. that. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll try uh, I'll try a couple maybe. We'll, we'll uh, screw around with some stuff. What do you call those again? That's spoonerisms, but they're oh. I, I, I mean, I've never even heard of spoonerisms before. <laughs> what the hell is it? What is a spoonerism? Like when you uh, just replace the first two letters of the of uh, two different words oh, and you kind of flip it around oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll have to work on that. And if you know, give us a voicemail at 267-245-6066. So yeah, Dallas, really unimpressive game from them. Now, here's the thing though. I do have to push back a little bit because you look at what this game's going to be and you want to say that what they did against the Titans is what you're going to see on Sunday. But how much of this can be an overcorrection is what I wonder. Is they get Amari Cooper in, they want to get him the ball and Cole Beasley like you said not a part of the game plan you look at what's going to happen this week if you're Dallas you're crazy to not go after was it Cravion LeBlanc is that his name Yes, Cravion LeBlanc, who just got uh, signed from, uh, which is interesting because I forgot who pointed it out to me on Twitter, but he was the guy, he was the corner, you remember uh, 2000, oh yeah, that was 2017 when uh, uh, Wentz against the Bears did the Houdini and spun out, that was him on the Blitz. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so you have that, Dexter McDougal's out, 
And what, so what are you trying to say? Well, I'm just saying, if you're Dallas, you look at your game plan this week, you say, holy crap, we screwed up. You know, when you go too extreme in one direction, you're going to say, all right, what did we screw up? Now let's overcorrect and do that thing a lot the next week. We might see a lot of Cole Beasley this week, and it's a Good. matchup that makes Fantastic. a lot. Well, it makes a lot of sense for <laughs> Dallas. I'm just saying that, like, the Dallas team, as bad as they looked on Sunday, I don't think it's a given that they're going to look that bad when it comes to the game this week. Now, no, the Eagles should win, but I don't I don't think this is like a romp, stomp, domination game. It's it's not like... I, I don't know. Uh, because, again, the Cowboys were already awful this year away, right? And you can clearly see that this is not working. Nothing's working. And, oh, God, hold on. <laughs> Jerry Jones, right now on 105.3 The Fan, just said, listen, Dak is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's young and... He's going to get extended. Oh, well, that is okay. Now, that's big news. So let's which let's, which, which we'll come back to that because I, th- I still think to. it's an interesting point. But but here's the thing. Dallas now has to pay Ezekiel Elliott. And unless they're stupid, they've got to pay Amari Cooper. That's three of their main guys. Yeah. And people were kind of suggesting with the you know, and the wide receiver market keeps going up, which is going to make that Alshon contract look real good. So if they're talking about fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year to extend Amari Cooper, which is too much, and then you're going to have to pay Ezekiel and Dak. That's that is probably twenty nine, thirty percent of your cap room. I would assume well, out of those three players. Yeah, just just ballparking it real quick. I mean, as a running back, Zeke top of the market, he's probably getting like seventeen. Right? Let me just check Gurley so the contract yeah, one more let's, time to let's remind see what myself he got. here. So you're going to get that money. So you're going to get that kind of money. Plus, let's say if they give Cooper 16. So in that ballpark, you're talking about 30 plus 23 for Dak, something like that. I mean, we're talking like $53 million. That's, yeah, it's almost a third of the cap. Yeah, it's... Uh it's pretty, uh, what did he sign here? Yeah, $21 million guaranteed, $14 million at average for Todd Gurley. Um, okay. And you would assume at this point in the market, now I, w- I think they can get Dak on the cheaper side of the QB market. I don't think they it's better. I think he's making, but I think he's making $20 million a year at a minimum. We can agree on that, right? Yeah, he's I mean, there's he's no way that they're, they're not going to go below that. No, I can't imagine Prescott goes below that. Because if you're going to pay him to be the starting quarterback. Now, the question is, how many years? Because you're going to get a new head coach to come in here. They're going to come into a brand new Dak Prescott contract for like five years. Hell no. There, I don't know if you get anybody. And, and that would be an interesting thing, too, to watch. Is let's say, let's say Garrett gets fired and they extend Dak Prescott. If it is something like a five-year deal where really it's even three years... Who wants to take that job? Who wants to work for Jerry Jones? Who wants five possible years? You're in, maybe, maybe your entire shelf life as a Dallas Cowboys coach with Dak Prescott anchoring you down, with Amari Cooper anchoring you down. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a bad spot to be in. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a man. And I, I wonder if that kind of limits your coaching pool, too, because there's no way that they're ever going to change GMs, and that's a huge part of, of all that. That's kind of going to be – this is the first time that Dallas has been in this situation in a long time, too, where it's it's the transition from Phillips to Garrett was weird, and they just went, yeah, you'll be the guy for a while, and it hasn't really paid too many dividends. Um, and I'm just looking at the top end of the QB market here uh, with average uh, guarantees. Uh, <laughs> well, being cousins in, at 30, but that's not, they're not going to do that. No. Um, um, 
Rodgers is at 33. Ryan's at 30. Cousins is at 28. 27 for Garoppolo. 25 for Derek Carr. Like There is a big possibility. I think he could be in 24. The twenty-four million dollar range oh easily, God. right where Flacco and Alex Smith is, because those are all. Uh, well, Alex Smith is a new contract. Uh, Joe Flacco's still, you know, kicking uh, kicking rocks. Excuse me with his uh, with that there too. So again, with all of this, and you're right now, I wonder if they almost structure it like it's a four year deal. That's a two, uh, really a two year deal because you know, hey, you, we want to see what's going on, and then we'll see what's happening. They can't go get another quarterback anyway. They can't. Not this year. No. Unless they want to draft somebody in the second or third round that they feel really positive about to go beat. But you're not going to extend a guy and then also make him feel uncomfortable with his his job. So I, I would assume that it's a four-year deal. Yeah, because you also have to consider Prescott himself. Say you draft a guy in the third or fourth round. Well, Prescott was a third-round pick, wasn't he? So Fourth-round third, third pick. Third-fourth-round pick. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's he's looking at himself. It's just, it's not an easy situation to go over. So they're going to have to do that unless they sign, you know, like a Derek Anderson, you know, BS older veteran. But that contract is going to be everything. And it totally changes. Like, it's going to be, that is one of the biggest turning points of the NFC East, seeing what happens with Dak Prescott's contract and this offseason for Dallas. Because when they get into those situations and if they have to hire a new coach, that transition is a major one. You know, you're going from relying on the running game and having that offensive line and having guys like Demarcus Lawrence on the tag, which bye-bye to him. There's no way you're keeping him yeah. if all the money is going on the offensive side of the ball. Well, that's huge, yeah. Well, and they will, or, or they will find a way to do it and try and skim somewhere else, which, again, not great when you just gave up a first-round pick to kind of revamp that talent again. Yeah, so you're giving up all those different things. And this is a transition that the Eagles are going to have to make in a year as well. So when they're – like, how is the Eagles' transition going to compare to the Cowboys? Probably infinitely better. And and that's going to be one of those things that for the next four or five years is going to have the Eagles in a far better position against, you know, one of four teams in the division. So you got to feel pretty good about that. And this is why when we talked about it on Thursday, why I'm so confident even in just the long term future of the rest of the teams in this division. And Dallas is waving the white flag again is just saying, like, this is what we're going to do. It's what got them in trouble in the first place. You know, you're going to squeeze up again and think that these are the guys. You probably have a sunk cost in Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, you weren't going to get rid of anyway. Dak Prescott, just like we've been talking about, is going to be there. You're going to skim everywhere else. By the time that, you know, Byron Jones and uh, Awuzie and all these different guys, um, there's there's still... uh, I mean, Leighton Vanderesh did not have a did not play a good game yesterday. That's your that's the guy you drafted to fill in for Sean Lee and everything else that they've done in the past leading up to these drafts, taking those big risks. As much as I love, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Smith in his story, it's not it's not making an impact on the field. Randy Gregory whatever like that that's what i'm saying so they're doing the same things again and this is what happens with the at least they're trying bullshit is this is what you end up with it's maybe it's competitive some years maybe it's not and honestly if they have uh, if they find that one of the best uh, you know up and comers in ter- like if, if for whatever reason that john d Filippo wants to take on this job then maybe you know, I think then, then there is some upside with all that because yeah. at least you can be creative and any anything that's creative is going to fix whatever's going on right now because with Dallas is not happening. But I do want to play this game with you. Okay. And this is coming from Jimmy Kemsky. Who I, I, this is amazing. And uh, gr- granted, it's all arbitrary. The last 16 starts for Dak Prescott. Are they better or worse than Mike Glennon? Oh, 
Oh my God! They ha- are they worse than? They're worse than Mike Lennon. Wow! Twenty three interceptions, sixteen. Oh, excuse me, twenty three touchdowns, sixteen interceptions to uh, and an eighty two point one QB rating um, uh, yards per attempt. Six point seven is the only thing that Dak Prescott has at six point eight. Uh, better or worse, Jay Cutler. Oh man. Last 16 starts. Oh, he was so bad in Miami. I, I want to say he's he's got to be better than Jay Cutler, but I guess he's not. Kind of depends on how you look at it. 21, uh, 21 touchdowns, 17 interceptions to 16 and 14. 6.3 uh, YPA. Brian Hoyer. Oh, God. Last 16 starts. Oh, my God. He's worse than Brian Hoyer. 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. So, same amount of touchdowns. Uh, almost cut in half in the amount of interceptions. I mean, I'll go through the list here, too. Uh, Eli Manning, better. Joe Flacco, better. Kyle Orton, better. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Orton, oh my God. Colin Kaepernick, better. Jameis Winston, better. Case Keenum, better. Sam Bradford, better. Ooh. Ryan Tannehill, better. So, uh, well, the only ones that he's not better than right now, just statistically, and I know that can be arbitrary, especially with 16 starts, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Jake Locker, Tim Tebow. Oh, my God. Jake Locker and Tim Tebow are coming up. That's a hell of a dive by Kempsey. <laughs> now, here's the one thing that I have issue with with that is just that you're not accounting for the running game. And Prescott's legs are really valuable. So I get it as a passer. He is a limited guy. But you can't undersell what he does as a runner. It's it's part of why that offense well, works. Well, sure, but that's the best part of his game. And well, everything yeah, else sure. is just kind of like, whatever. So essentially, all we're saying is he's Blake Bortles. That's it. Yeah. Dak Prescott is Blake Bortles, and if you want to pay Blake Bortles $24 million, God bless you, which it looks like, according to their general manager, they're going to. Well, maybe. But what is Bortles' contract? Because that was a, that was something like a three-year deal that's really a two-year deal, and it's maybe $13 million a year. It's really not a good contract. Let me see. Because Dallas, that this is the other thing here, Dallas could very much lose, I mean, most of the way, if not the rest of the way out. If they end out as a 3-10 and 10 team, then or even four and you know four and twelve or whatever it or is whatever yeah whatever it is I oh three and thirteen and then four and twelve there's so my math Blake Bortles is making an average of seventeen million a year okay uh and he's in until twenty twenty can you so if they lose a lot of games can you sell that contract to Dak Prescott probably okay. So that that's and, but but you're gonna have to kick a little higher. That's why I think he gets sure. to twenty and just be like. And clearly, Dak is way better than Blake Bortles, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, in terms sure. of consistency, at least I don't know if like I would rather if you could Frankenstein those two, then I, then they wouldn't be a bad quarterback. Yeah, you know? Hot Bortles is like good. You yeah. know, he he can actually be legitimately good on occasion. It's just so incredibly rare that it's a mess. Now let's let's move on because we spent a lot of time yeah. on Dallas, but let's go to Washington because holy crap. Uh, it's it's the apocalypse over there. I mean, really, all the people that are falling over for why, which is so typical Washington, by the way. Yeah, like it, it's every year. It used to be the team that always had injured linemen was the Packers. It felt like every year for fifteen years, it was just like a guarantee that at least two or three Packers linemen had to go on IR. And now it's Washington. They, they've been that team for the last couple of years, and this year. We're talking four of five starters on the offensive line right now are either on IR or extended injuries or in a brace of some kind. It is horrible for Washington. They're the team that's not built for it. Uh-uh. Uh, Paul Richardson is also now on IR. They lost three players on IR just it's in the only game the Falcons alone. Deep threat? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Doxon's more of like a jump ball guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they just don't have any pieces anymore. Like, they just lost half of what made them good and... 
and they just don't have any superstar talent. We've talked about that problem before. This is where you desperately need it. This is open season for the Eagles now. I think so, too. And this is, I mean, there is no excuse why they shouldn't win the division. None. Not anymore, no. Because the Eagles have gone through a bunch of different injuries, too, and they're banged up. But, you know, this is kind of what I always felt after the Golden Tate trade is like, well, there you go. There's your there's your answer at offense. So as long as he's staying healthy and there's nothing else that really happens. And we can't really sneer at them in terms of, hey, you know, Jason Peters and Lane Johnson probably aren't going to be good and or uh, health wise or. uh They'll probably miss this Dallas game, too, if I'm yeah, looking at I mean, the tea leaves. So. Even if Peters shows up, he's going to miss some plays. But um, just the Carson Wentz, if he continues to just be the guy that he's been, and and he's got a different playmaker on offense, and you know we all kind of believe that this defense isn't going to completely just shatter and become awful because it's played good and okay in some situations and awful in closing games out, and we can all agree on that. But... Yeah, it really is, because there's nothing there. Like, Atlanta, who is so incredibly quietly just being like, hey, here's our big dick offense. Their offense is insane. I feel so bad for Matt Ryan. And there's been, yeah, his number, statistically, he's going to be on a track to beat his numbers. (laughs) From the MVP year? Best year. Best year. This is going to be his best year statistically. And that was one of the top 10 offenses all time when they finished that season. It, It was that good. It was, and... Uh, you know they motored right in there, and they. I mean, there wasn't. It was barely a football game. It was fourteen. I blinked, and it was fourteen to nothing. And Alex Smith had a couple of. I mean, interceptions that really weren't on him, but just like you said, Brian, Brandon Sheriff from uh, and <laughs> being down, like all these guys being down. You're losing your pass rushers. You're losing uh, all of these things. Keep continuing to happen, and there is no. Uh, like I, I, there is no way that this division is. Even you don't even need to win ten games. You don't even need to win ten games anymore. Nine's going to do it. I know there's discussions back and forth we had with the Rams and the Saints and all that, but yeah, I mean, can they? Absolutely, they could lose this division. Things can go wrong. I mean, I don't want to start pumping my chest and saying like, yeah, the Eagles at four and four are are really going to just dominate this thing. There's still going to be up and downs in this season, but I still think they can win uh, ten wins. Well. Now they can. Get to 10 wins, yeah. Now they can. Because before, I felt really bad about those Washington games. At least they would be close. You know, it would be competitive. Now the Eagles are clearly more talented. And even though they're not playing football well, particularly, they should beat Washington because they're just missing so much. I mean, these injuries are devastating. Just absolutely devastating to what they like to do. So you look at the Eagles here, and it really might just be as simple as win out in the division. If they just sweep the division, they win those five games, you end up being 9-7, and seven, but you've beaten Washington for the tiebreakers. That's all it is. That's really yep. all it comes down to. If they can go and win these two games that they have against Washington, one of them's going to... And that's the thing. Week 17, the, the Eagles are going to have to play an extra playoff game. You're going to be going at it with Washington, possibly, to see who makes it. Because you look at the NFC, and there's some good teams out there that are like 5-3, and 4-4. Four and four. Wild card is not a given. You know, Seattle is an interesting team right now. You look at the North, the the Bears and the Packers. Well, the Packers, eh, probably not. But the Vikings yeah, are... But everything's kind of up in the air there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like Atlanta, Carolina. I mean, there's a lot of good teams that could go and get that wild card spot. It might even be 10-6 and six like last year and get the wild card spot. So that's not a given. you got to win the division. you got to win those games against Washington. But even this game against Dallas, it is that important because 
out of the games that you can win, you have five division games, then you play the Saints on the road, you play the Rams on the road, and you play Houston at home. Houston's been rolling. I think they were 0-3, and now they're 6-0 and in the yep. last six. Yep. So they're playing good football. They're figuring things out. They have a good defense. So when you look at all this stuff, the division is the absolute key to everything. You can't waste a single one of these games, and that's that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, and, that's, and I think they're going to have to win. they got to split between the Rams and Saints. They have to win one of those games. That's where they're at now. And honestly, they need to do that just to see, just for my own sanity, because, you know, I think they can beat the Rams on the road. I think they can, either now or in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah. I don't know about the Saints. That's it's pretty, I, I don't like that. Well, it's so soon. <laughs> Especially That's... if they end up signing Des Bryant, which supposedly worked out, or Brandon Marshall, who, who was ever down there. Yeah, I mean, if they, because if you look at the Saints, the thing is, right now, they're playing great football. I mean, just offensively, what they're doing is insane. Drew Brees having an MVP caliber year. And as much as you want them to be able to compete with the Saints, they just haven't shown enough yet. At least for the Rams, you've got a couple of division games in there where you can build yourself back up. You can figure out Golden Tate, and then it's yeah. been a month that you've had this guy in your system, and he's been around Wentz a little bit, so there may be some better chemistry. And you can hope that, all right, let's go. We're going to have a shootout against the Rams. Let's get this thing done. Like, I, f- I feel much better about the Rams game than the Saints game. And think about this, too. If it does get to the point where it is the end of the season, they're 10-6, and six, mm-hmm. and they've got a Rams win on the road in their back pocket. Okay, now you're talking about something. Everybody feels good. Yeah. yeah. you that That's at the point where you say, okay, well, once we're in, we'll take our chances. Kind of backdooring your way in at 9-7 and seven is not... And you lose to the Rams, you lose to the Saints, maybe you lose to the Texans. Like, if you lose all those games, man, it's going to be a totally different feel. Yeah, it will. And I'll just say this, too. Just as a reminder, it is not going to be... This team has to win in a different fashion. You know, like, we are never, ever going to see what happened during that Super run. It's never going to happen again. Can they get a, 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 a first seed or second seed again with this window? Absolutely they can. But they are that is not how football works. You know, you're going to have to muster it up somehow, go on the road and win. And so that's what's more important to me about uh, you know, the the Rams and the Saints of like not putting up a stinker. If they don't put up a stinker, they lose close, they win those games, then we know that's gonna be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, you're building something, you're showing you're at least somewhat competitive, and then with the way playoff games go or any game goes, really, it's just one or two plays plays to flip the game and you know because we always do that it's like oh well if the Eagles one or two plays here then what, what do you know we're not even talking about this they're six and two so yeah. y- you can do that all the time holy and- shit I just got to say this real quick oh too. god what happened Alex Smith um uh, and not <laughs> not Washington Alex Smith PR Alex Smith from the Philadelphia Eagles oh. just point this out okay this is mind-blowing to me when you look at it on paper since the start of the 2017 season Carson Wentz has thrown for 5,084 yards 46 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 64 complete uh, in, in 19 games. Like, that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> that's ridiculous. We should blame him for the team's problems, though. Remember that totally. two weeks ago? Yeah, let's, totally. let's crush Carson Wentz. He's, clear, he's clearly not clutch, and he can't play quarterback, and it's just, he's the problem. Uh, it's fair to say he choked in that moment. He stunk, yeah, he stunk in but that game. But it doesn't game. mean he's a choker. Yeah, it was, that was crazy to me. And yeah. then you look at what happened last week, and he, he carried the team. Of course he did. He's he always them. going to carry this team. Yeah. That's the point of having a great quarterback. Yeah, it's so nice. So speaking of great quarterbacks, I have a great quarterback 
that is not going to be a New York Giant. <laughs> Sam Bradford, John. How do we? Are we sure about that? Hall of Famer, Sam Bradford. <laughs> Did, is there is there a report that he turned down, or the well, Giants are not interested? Yeah, there in was it? a there was a rumor that came out yesterday that I saw that said they are not interested in getting Bradford, which is. Interesting when you think about it, because uh-huh. Shermer's had so much exposure to Bradford. Things are that bad with Eli Manning. Your backup young quarterback just got arrested, um, and they still don't want Bradford, which one tells you how Brad, bad Bradford is. But also, too, I actually think that's the right move. Does, like Bringing Sam Bradford does it as much as it'd be funny to play him one more time, uh, and I would absolutely <laughs> love that opportunity. It'd be just the best. Um like it, that doesn't do anything for the Giants. I just don't know what the point would be. I think Pat Shermer might have ran out of all of his favors because he w- has been the culprit in having people sign Sam Bradford for years now. <laughs> that's why. That's why Chip Kelly traded for him. That's why the Vikings traded for him. And Dave Gettleman might actually wise up and be like, "Ah, you fooled me twice. This is a shame on me." You know. So I. Still don't believe it, though, because they're going to get into a situation where they got to if they don't trade Eli Manning this offseason, they've made a mistake. And they also need a veteran after that, too. So, yeah, or you just hang on to Eli Manning and you go draft a quarterback uh, in one of the worst quarterback drafts that has been around in a while. So, uh, again, thank God to him. I'm still holding out hope, though. I think Sam Bradford needs a job somewhere. Someone he's um, he's Kyle Lalletta just got arrested last week. Yeah. He can be QB3 and inactive. You know, get Sam Bradford in a backup role there. It's fine. He'll do it for $2 bucks. Yeah, he needs the money, John. Yeah, he I does. mean, clearly he's, he's only made $200 million or whatever it That's is over it? his career. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Um, let's So let's do this. Let's do a quick preview. We, we, we kind of hit on this earlier, but just running through the, the last... The second half of the Eagles' schedule yeah. here. We'll do a quick quick win-loss, and, and we'll see where we stand with the team and whether or not they're winning the division. So, first off, you got Dallas this week. Dallas coming into Philly. John, your thoughts? Uh, well, first thought is, black on black, please, and end the season. Yes. Uh, and that's a win. Okay, so that's a win. Saints on the road. Loss. Yep, I'm feeling the same way. Giants at home. Win. Yes, damn well better be. Skins <laughs> at home. Win. Yep. And that's a, uh, that's a night game as well. Yeah, that's going to be funny. Oh, 15th. man, I'm just looking at this now. Sunday night football this upcoming week. And you have a night game against uh, the Redskins. A 425 start now with the Rams. Uh, the Saints game is 425, right? Yeah. Oh, the Saints game's got moved. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. The Rams was always going to be. Uh, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night football. Man, no one o'clock. Not a lot of one o'clock starts. Um No. Oh, that's happening. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, you're just worried about your sleep schedule. Yeah, I'm just um, like going, oh, no. All right, let's look at the Cowboys, and that's going to be in Dallas. <sighs> let's go with a weird loss there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That'll get people mad. Yeah. Um, now we're going out to Los Angeles playing the Rams. Which in the next week they turn around and they go and beat them on a the road. Oh, okay. Uh, Houston Texans in Philly. <sighs> Win. All right, and last game of the season, win. you're going to Washington, yeah. and that is a win. Ladies and gentlemen, your Philadelphia Eagles will finish the season 10-6. and six. There it is. That's what I've been saying. For, that's what I've said since August. It holds. I wasn't even, I wasn't even doing the math because Vince was. Yeah. He can attest to it. Which doesn't mean it's credible, but I was doing the math. I, was, I am debating that Texans game, though. That's a tough one. I mean, I'm just thinking of DeAndre Hopkins and... 
madness and Watson and all that. Like it's um, the thing is the thing I've noticed about here's what I want to ask you. Who is the best defense in the NFL right now? First thing off your mind. Uh, God, I still want to say Baltimore. Right? Yeah. And that's pretty much what I come up with, too. Is there anyone that's outside of Baltimore? Anybody that strikes you is like, that's the best defense on the planet. No, I, I like Houston. I don't. I, and their numbers are good, but I don't love them. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jacksonville's just lost it entirely. Uh, Minnesota doesn't have it this year. They're a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know who to like on the defensive side of the ball. It's really hard. Uh, I'm gonna just look this up real quick too, because I, I, I and I, I want you guys to chime in on that if they're, if you really think we're missing something, either at uh, Go Birds Pod on the Twitter.com, at Vince Quinn, at John Barchard, or just call the voicemail two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. Now, if I told you the best defense in the league right now according to football outsiders is the Chicago Bears that's the one that oh, where okay. I'm like oh yeah duh of yeah. course but who's underneath that do you think in terms of DVOA oh in terms of oh, Jesus Christ uh so it's not the Ravens there the Ravens are two Ravens are at 6 and there's so yeah that's what we're trying to finish in between the Bears and the and the Ravens who is 3 4 2 3 4 and 5 okay let's go with uh is Carolina in there they're not in there. Carolina is actually 17th overall. Oh, oh my God. Okay, they looked a little better than that. This is a, the this number before. two is an NFC West team. NFC West. Okay. Uh, is Probably it, wouldn't think of it is either. It, is it the Rams? I mean, they've given up a lot of points. It's the but. Seattle Seahawks at number two. Wow. The Cleveland Browns at three. The Buffalo Bills at four. Houston That's Texans so at five. Uh, and then uh, Denver, Jacksonville, Arizona, <clears throat> Philly ranks fifteenth, and all this. My point in all this, is, in a, and I'm, I'm not saying that you don't have a right to be mad at the defense, but this is the only thing that concerns me about the second half. I need twenty four points a game. I need them. Everyone needs them. Yeah. I need twenty eight, honestly. And that's what this. I don't know if this is going to continue, but this year, you have to score points. There's no excuse for it. You have to. Whatever you think, like the Rams loaded up, their defense still isn't good. The Saints have one of the most high-powered offenses I've ever seen. And their offensive line is under-talked about, and I think it's one of the best in the league. It is really good. The defense sucks left testicles, and you have to score points. And exclusively left. Yes, yeah, not right ones. Because <laughs> the left ones, you usually, that's the one you lose, right? It's like, like Twix, right? Yeah, it's it's like, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but... Um, you have to start scoring points. That's my mantra for for the bye week. That's why Golden Tate's here. I'm I'm I. Let's get thirty. You know, let's fuck it. Let's get thirty. That's what it has to be. I remember when Jim Johnson was the defensive coordinator. He used to say something to the effect of, "If our team scores twenty one points, then I feel confident that we're going to win that game." Their goal was always to hold teams to like seventeen points at twenty points maximum. And for the Eagles, yeah, you look at what the way that this schedule pans out. You wait, you look at the way that the teams are playing, record numbers all over the place. You have to put up points. You have to throw the ball downfield, which is why I feel so much better about this division race because you look at Washington and they are with all the injuries they have. They lost everything that is relevant for them to be in that kind of race if they had yeah. to. You're not going to have the protection to throw the ball deep, and your biggest quickly, deep, yeah. And, yeah, and your biggest deep threat is gone. So 
what do you have? Uh, right. Just just not a lot left for Washington. They're going to have half, not even half of their line. They're going to have Adrian Peterson. Chris Thompson's been hurt. Like they don't have anything going for them right now. They're they're a total mess. If they're able to scrape this thing out at nine and seven and beat the Eagles, like they can still do it. I'm not saying write Washington out, but man, with a um, negative scoring differential too, probably because I think they're at minus twelve or something right oh now. Oh my god, yeah, that's the thing. They're so slow and plodding, and they yeah. like to to have these ugly fighting kind of games. It's just it doesn't work anymore. In this league. Look at Jacksonville. Like right. Jacksonville is falling apart because they're playing that kind of football, and it just doesn't work this year. And it probably will continue. Thirtieth in scoring. That's what I'm saying. If your defense falls apart, it's it's over. You know, and they were considered. They all were the best in the league last year. If you want to be in the top ten right now, by the way, you have to score 27 points. And in more the top ten, you want to be in the top ten of NFL offenses. You have to at least be scoring 20. Well, let's call it 28. We're going to round up. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I need to see points badly. That's, wow. that's my mantra. That is crazy. And you know what? With all the points, John, let's go to the top five. Okay. So, going around the league, number one, they've just been crushing it. They've been so good since the start of the year where they were pretty shaky. Giving it to the Pats. Pats 7-2 and two, um, just methodically nope. beat the crap out of the Packers. They're, they're cruising. Nope. It's 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 the Chiefs. It still is the Chiefs the number one for me. I know that they – but, John, they lost. Yeah, they lost – in Foxborough, and after that, the Chiefs have not let off the gas at all. There's no grunk, and I know that you know Gordon. Gordon is is amazing, and he's starting to catch long bombs and starting to get a rapport with Tom Brady. But that's a big factor for me moving forward. Yeah, that's. I mean, I love the Chiefs. I love them. Uh, I actually have them four, and we'll get to that. Oh, but God. but here's here's the reason why they're four is because their defense is so atrociously bad. So are all those teams. Uh, no, well, the Pats' defense is better than that. I think they're... Not, mu- not much better. No, they're like fringe top 10, I think, in some categories. Yeah, they're 11th in points scored. They're 24th in yards. So so they're holding their own in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, the, right. the rushing defense is okay. Like, they've they've got enough going on. I don't think that's plus, good. Plus Belichick. Well, for now, based on the standards of the top of the league, because let's go through these other teams. Number two, I've got the Saints when you just beat the Rams. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's where the Patriots belong. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, yeah, see, I, I know that everybody's going like, wow, that NFC matchup was really great. But again, a lot of glaring holes for both of those guys. I just think that the Patriots and the Chiefs can score at will. And when you can do that, um, that's that. I mean, not that the, the Rams and the, the Saints can't, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just. You'll, yeah, no, you'll we, see. I'm I mean, just going to say and you'll see. That's the thing. We've kind of pushed this whole thing down because I've got the Chiefs at four. And so I, I think we're just. A, Where'd you put the Rams then? I put the Rams at three. All right. Yeah, so they're fine. behind the Saints because you lost. And then, you know, their, their defense is like they have all the talent. And Marcus Peters just looks like dog shit. Awful. He's horrible. I don't know what happened to him. And it's crazy because even when he came out as a rookie, it was like, this guy is so absurdly talented, and he was undisciplined, but he would make plays in part because he was undisciplined. Now, he's just, he can't even stand upright. He looks like Dexter McDougal out there. It was like, he got embarrassed in that Saints game, and and it's just, it's a continuing thing for them. So, I don't know what the hell you do with that. Aqib Tlaib will be coming back soon. Anyway, I've got them at three. The Chiefs are at four. Mm -hmm. Number five. Do it. It's the Chargers. Ooh, uh, I I don't mind that. I think that's okay. Even though, I mean, Jesus, Caleb Sturgis, who got cut. Oh my God! Yeah, he deserved it. Um, I'd actually put the Panthers there. Ooh, I know the Panthers. Same I'd record. Put the Chargers six, and then and then Panthers just above them. And I like listen. It's this is something that's not being talked about right now. Cam Newton is playing 
at an MVP level. More so than... Yeah. I mean, like, he's ridiculously good this year. And what he does in that offense is just so undervalued. I mean, he has to carry the ball all the time. He's got to make all the right reads in that really complicated running game. He's got no wide receivers to speak of, and he continuously is able to to complete balls. What are his exact... I'm going to pull up his exact numbers this year because it has been astonishing. Like, watching the games that he was playing going into the Eagles matchup, it was like, holy crap, Cam Newton, oh my god. 67% completions for Cam Newton, yeah, which is a, a really good number for him. It's probably his career high. Oh, it's a dominant career high. Yeah. So, yeah, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions, and that's not including the running game where, of course, he's just, he's got to be ridiculous in the running game as well. 342 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. He's amazing. He's he's outstanding. Yeah, it's yeah, nineteen and four basically. If you want to kind of tag it all together, he's having a phenomenal year, and that's you know I think it, it, Elliot asked me this. I want I'm curious your answer. If Carolina walks in here during an Eagles home playoff game, are they winning? They have a good shot. I think they do. Yeah, I, I think they win. They they have. I love the way they play offense. It it's such an it, it's almost like old school football in the modern era. They've really just updated that with all these different guys in the backfield. You look at, you know, DJ Moore is going to run the ball once or twice. And uh, what is it, guy? Samuel? I want to say Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. Yeah. yeah, Curtis Samuel get a carry here and there. McCaffrey, Newton. Like, they're just so diverse and unpredictable. And they have you all over the place. And, and Newton's deep arm ability is just... It, it's so impressive. The defense is stout. They, they're a good team. They they're, are. they're such an unsexy team. And I think, you know, it's one of the things that really hurts Carolina. They're still hurting from the way they got dominated in that Denver Super Bowl. Certainly. Now, John, it's time to burn the tape. Oh, man. This is an easy one for this week. We got to go back to Thursday night football, everybody. I mean, <laughs> if... <laughs> If who was it? I can't remember. It was it Matt Breida or Raheem Mostert or somebody that was, and it was uh, just when the game was almost completely out of reach. They uh, the entire Raiders defense just gave up running down the sideline for forty yards. They're like, I'm not going to fucking tackle him, (laughs) and he just kept going like it was the easiest touchdown I've ever seen. Um, I know people. Every time I say this, people go. Well, that would be really stupid financially. Who cares? John Gruden is not going to turn that place around. Congratulations, he got you three first-round picks. Now fire him. Go to Vegas. Get people inspired. Trade Derek Carr. Just do it. Burn the whole fucking thing down and start over, because John Gruden's not going to do that. He's your general manager. I I am not mad at any Raider on that current team right now that wants to walk away, hold out, or do whatever. Yeah. Congratulations to Bruce Irvin getting cut. Yeah, Holy crap. Absolutely. I mean, good for you, man. Get the hell out of there. So speaking of getting the hell out of there, John, it's time for us to do the same. Closing thoughts. Um, I would say that the best recommendation I can tell all of you is, I mean, I don't know where you are at, but it's downpouring here in Philadelphia. Um, I'm already kind of feeling like shit early on in the week. It's time for chili. Ooh. It is chilly weather. Bring it all meatless. Put in the meat. Whatever you want to do. Have to have zucchini and squash in there, cut up, a little diced real nice. Cook chili. It's time. That sounds amazing. I love yeah. chili, and I'm, I'm all for and that. And then uh, sour cream and, and you yeah. know, cheese and, oh. and get it going. Okay. Yeah, baby. And a little, <laughs> a little room to yourself. I'm going to leave right now because I want to go chill. Mm, yeah, baby. Eat all chili. Right. Yeah. All right. So here's mine, John. This is another embarrassing, I can't believe that I, I just got around to this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, I know. We're here again. Because huh? I've been talking about The Fugitive for so long that I saw another movie on that tier. Very impressed. L.A. Confidential. Never seen L.A. Confidential. Oh, it's so good. 
good. <laughs> it's so good, dude. It, uh, it will t- tell me about it. All right. So uh, the general premise is uh, I can't. I don't want to say too much. Oh, you it, can't. I mean, like I know the the general premise is it's the it's the fifties, right? And it's yeah, during it's, during the worst time of uh, LAPD's corruption. There is well, there's a point at that stage where uh, there's uh, the crime boss, the major crime boss in LA gets killed. Yeah, and somebody is filling the void. So the police are trying to figure out who it is that's taking over that gang turf. It focuses on three cops. Um, one of them is Kevin Spacey. Another one <laughs> is. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Russell thir- Crowe is really, supposed I, to be really good in this, too. I should know the name of the third guy, but I don't. I'm going to... because he's kind of in and out of stuff all the time. Yeah, I always see his face, too. Yeah, he's like the... I don't know. He's really young in the movie. He, he Real does... Real scrawny-looking mf well, <laughs> Come on. I am Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce yeah. kills it in that movie. Like the, yeah, like Guy Pierce. Oh, God. So I hope Seltzer doesn't uh, listen to this. He's going to rip me. He's like, how do you not know Guy Pierce? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Seltzer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was or not, but that worked well with it. That was pretty good. Um, it was just the the tone, like the inflection of it was yeah. great. Um, so yeah, it's it's just an awesome movie. It's really well written. It's well acted. It's well directed. Like the whole thing is just it's so good. It's in that elite tier. Like a lot of plot, very busy, fast paced. Loved it. Can't say enough about L.A. Confidential. I believe it's it's on Netflix. It is. So if you yeah. have Netflix, go watch L.A. Confidential. Holy shit, you're welcome. Here's my um. Here's my petty thing of why I don't see a lot of these great movies much like you. Okay. And it got ruined for me a little bit. It's because, unfortunately, I had a best friend that went to AFI. And that's the 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 you know American Film Institute. Okay. Where all the snot-nosed assholes think that they're the <laughs> fucking next goddamn Scorsese, right? And they just ruin movies for you. So I, the LA Confidential was brought up a billion times. I got into fights where they told me that Blade Runner is better than Star Wars. And I'm going, no, it's not. I love both of those movies and stop pitting them against each other. If you didn't have fucking Star Wars, you wouldn't have Blade Runner. So let's all calm down. You wouldn't have Harrison Ford because no one would have known who he was. So let's all relax a little bit. You know, it was stuff like that. And they just kept like, ooh, the the way this was shot is just shut up. You know, like I hate it. God, over and over for two years, L.A. Confidential. And then everybody tried to make a movie, you know, in their little shorts to look like L.A. Confidential. And I'm just going, you know what? I'm just not going to watch this movie. I can't. There's a lot to be said for pure spite. Yeah, I, and that's why. And, and it's not the movie's fault. It's just everybody else's, you know. Because I'm looking at, we're on the IMDb page. If you like Heat, yes, American Beauty. Of course, The Usual Suspects. Duh, yeah. Casino, Goodfellas, whatever. Yeah, Reservoir uh, Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, then I would love this movie. But out of spite, like, that's why I haven't seen it. I, good good I, I for w- you. I wonder, if do other people do that too? Am I the only one? Oh, no, that's totally a thing. When, when people say... That's why I never watch a Godfather. There's certain shows. Uh, I haven't done that with Ozark. I haven't seen Ozark yet. Yeah, same, same reason. Because, yeah, so, so many good, people, so good. I'm like, I know I'm going to be disappointed when I watch it. I know. They're like, oh, it's just like Breaking Bad. You're going to love it. I'm like, don't, don't put it on that tier. Like that's, that's like the greatest show ever. You can't just casually, you know, especially and, a season in. And people are, are overcorrecting on that, too, because now they're saying Breaking Bad's, uh, Breaking Bad's overrated. What? Yeah. That's, we're already doing that kind of like hipster bullshit revisionist yeah. history yes. on Breaking Bad. Although that show I, ended like five years ago. Not even. Yeah. Although I will say, Better Call Saul is a better show. Oh, it's not. Better Call Saul is a good show. It's, it's phenomenal. Now, this season. But the, this the, the way it's season, shot, John, let me tell you. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, but no, I, but Breaking Bad is the, I would never say. That's not a shot at it. I'm just saying because they did that, now they have all these great stories 
from Saul, and I'm, I'm yeah. attached to it on every second. Oh, it's a great show. I absolutely love it. And we love you for listening to this fine program. So if you want to reach out to us and tell us how great L.A. Confidential is, yeah. you can certainly or do that. movie recommendations, yeah, we'll please. Take, we'll take movie recommendations. I would I would love to do that because I just have so many great movies I haven't seen. Um, you can give us a call 267-245-6066, and we will figure out what that spells out. Maybe <laughs> maybe there's some sort of fun acronym or whatever we can put on that thing, and, and we'll be able to be like, you know, 267, go birds! Like, it would be awesome That'd if we had that. It would be a lot cooler if we did. I know, but we'll, we'll figure out whatever it says. We'll, come on, we'll have some fun with that <laughs> next week. So anyway, that's John Barchard. I'm Vince Quinn. You can find us at John Barchard and at It's Vince Quinn. Thanks for listening to The Beast, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I mean, I got I got hammered way too fast yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. I got hammered fast, man. I had to like, uh, you know, it was like nine thirty, and I was just like chugging water for three hours and got back into. It. I didn't puke and I didn't, yeah, I didn't black see, out or exactly. anything. I, yeah, I like I, I'm not even like standing at the edge now. I can like look and see the edge like a couple of steps back and, and be like, all right, pal. I'm gonna get really personal. Did you get whiskey, Dick? Um, no. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. It's well, you know what it is. Whiskey dick. Now that we're going to do this discussion, yeah, uh, it comes in layers, and they're like, you, you know, how there's that bell curve of I like say, beer pong. Would you say that there are six layers of whiskey dick? Because I think there's about six layers of whiskey. Huh, dick. I haven't done it on this scientific level, but I'm very much intrigued. Yeah. So level one is just like we're going to be fine. You know, you've had too much. But we're going to be fine. Yeah. Two is when you start questioning. Three is when you know like it's going to take a lot to, to for for it to happen, <laughs> and once you get past three, it's just versions of dead dick, basically. You know, I'm fa- I'm faking it. There's no way I can fake it. I'm passing out. I just think of the corner like his dick's in the fifth stage of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get that dick an IV. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. It was it was a totally acceptable tier. Uh, I I I had an experience with my roommate as well, which was really funny. Oh no. Uh, he just he just shows up naked at my room uh, with with a pillow over his junk. And he's just like, hey, man, you got any condoms? Uh, I need to- <laughs> this is like 3.30 in the morning. I'm like. No, he didn't. I'm like, yeah, well, he did. And I was like, you know what? I, I was like, yeah, fucking here you go, Dude, man. You're ready to go. He just, he wasn't even. He didn't even put pants on and do the, I'm going to hide my peen in the waistband just thing. A, just a pillow and nothing but naked. And wow. he, it was it was great. I actually admired that because he was like, it's go time and I can't wait and I'm not putting on any fronts. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. And I was like, you know what, man, go, go. Here you go. And I was just like, hey man, nice ass. And I, I put him on his way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, man. Did he not? Jesus. I mean, Jesus. Amazon. Go to Amazon. They sell them by the 500s. Yeah, I mean, I I got them covered. (sighs) 